world. It's such a wonderful feeling that people believe in you and they feel that you have a leader in you. It's a big feat for a lady lawyer like myself. For International Women's Day, some of the remarkable women we've met this year on In Asia from the Asia Foundation. I'm Tracy Yang. And I'm John Rieger. The lady lawyer is an old friend who's part of the new face of long-troubled Mindanao in the southern Philippines. Shah Elijah Dumama Alba was a young lawyer in New York when she felt called to return to her homeland to work for peace. There, she helped draft the landmark law that created the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao. We got to know her in 2015 when she spent a year as an Asia Foundation Development Fellow. But since 2019, she's had a new job. The Attorney General of the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao in Southern Philippines. So, Alancha, what was it like for you growing up amid the conflict in Mindanao? Growing up in Mindanao in a conflict zone, I remember spending most of my time at home because first, going out was not safe. At the time, kidnapping for ransom was a big scare in the city. Second, obviously, for lack of peace and order, there was also underdevelopment. There was really nowhere to go, like no malls, no parks. So we had to be creative with how we spent our free time. I remember my video submission when I applied to the Asia Foundation Development Fellows Program for 2015. I mentioned there that I've had the fortune, the good fortune of being born to a family that values education. But that really meant pursuing education for a purpose. And um, it came like a like an epiphany that I was called to assist in the peace process upon going back to my roots in the Bangsamoro. What's it like to be a woman attorney general in a conservative Muslim society? I would say it's something new, but I've always been there. I was appointed in 2019, but before that, was already immersed in the peace process. So for the longest time, like, People have been seeing me giving talks and like orientation about the law. So I think the familiarity also helped. So it, it sounds like you. It sounds like you were a, a young firebrand. <laughs> well, maybe yes. <laughs> so the yes. Relig- well. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's my son. <laughs> I was gonna bring him to the dentist today. But <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> oh. So, Elijah, do you think women have a special role to play in the peace process? Yes. I think women humanizes the process. And I cannot just overemphasize the power of a woman's patience. With women around, there seems to be a looming obligation to get things done in recognition of the multiple roles that women fulfill, even outside of the peace tables. You know, women's participation in formal processes ensures a balanced more acceptable, credible, and long-lasting peace. Bangsamoro Attorney General Shah Elijah Dumama Alba, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's well, it's it's a it's the first it's my first time to be talking in a podcast, so I <laughs> hope I did not disappoint, guys. First, tell us very quickly, Saranjaya, where are you? I'm in here, Olambatar City, at my office. And what about you, Sumin? Where has the coronavirus stranded you? <laughs> Well, I'm right now in Korea and not knowing when I ever go back. 
Mongolia was an early COVID success story. Sandwiched between China and Russia, the country acted quickly to halt travel, close schools, and ban social gatherings. But containing the virus has exacted a continuing cost, particularly for women. Last July, we spoke with Saranzaya Geraltod and Soon-Min Jun of the Asia Foundation's Women's Business Center in Ulaanbaatar about the situation facing Mongolian women, and particularly small businesswomen. Saranzaya, Mongolia has been under strict containment since late January. What's it been like in... How has it affected life there? Yes, Mongolia is one of the first countries that adopt strict COVID-19 containment measures. All air and land borders were closed. Schools and kindergarten were closed. The internal ban on gatherings caused sharp decline in economic activities, especially for small businesses. People cannot go outside. Kids are locked at home. So it's especially hard for the women and female entrepreneurs in Mongolia. You both work with women entrepreneurs in Mongolia, and you've just done a short survey on the effects of the lockdown. How has the economic downturn affected the women you work with? They have been struggling to run a business while taking care of the children and their businesses completely failed due to COVID-19. So according to our survey, all of many clients um, mentioned that they are mentally exhausted to just keeping their businesses while taking care of the children. We also recognize that there isn't a sharp increase in domestic violence. So we have closely cooperated with the women NGOs. We're providing the domestic violence booklet and cooperating with the police department office in Northlambatter City. In an essay for the In Asia blog, the two of you have written about a woman named Chalun Setsek, an entrepreneur you've supported through the Women's Business Center. Tell us her story. Chalun Setsek is uh, one of our business incubator graduates, but when the border with China closed, she lost her source of raw materials. And then next, when the government shut down any public gatherings and also called on a ban on the February celebration of the Mongolian Lunar New Year holiday, people usually take out a loan to stock up their businesses to sell during this New Year holiday. And it left many businesses, including Tulinsetsk business, overstocked and in debt. So businesses went into debt to stock up for the holidays, and then the economy shut down. That's pretty much a perfect storm. How has the Women's Business Center been able to help small businesswomen like Shalun Tsekseg? The Women's Business Center was able to provide her an emergency grant. And through the fund, she was able to identify new local suppliers for her raw materials. And she was matched with a mentor to go through her difficult situation uh, with her business. She is now also producing cotton masks and gloves instead of her previous products, which were bed sheets and blankets. And through the Lotus Circle's Rapid Response Fund, we were able to set up a hotline for anyone who's experiencing mental difficulties to just call and we'll provide a one-on-one follow-up treatment afterwards if needed. That's a great story, but it seems like a pretty small drop in an ocean of troubles. Are you hoping to expand your efforts? Yes, definitely. This support is a very small support since our Women's Business Center has now more than 6,000 registered clients, which all have been affected by the pandemic. COVID-19 shows 
the many shortcomings in our current systems that is not inclusive for everyone, especially women and children. We're not sure that the, when government of Mongolia opened the borders, but we hope that uh, we will adapt this new normality as smoothly as possible. Serenzai Gerald-Todd and Soon Min-Jun, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm surprised that they grow avocados in Thailand. It's a new world fruit, isn't it? <laughs> How to sell an avocado on Facebook. This is a story about Go Digital ASEAN, which is the Asia Foundation's project to bring online business skills to small businesses in Southeast Asia. In Thailand, where most businesses are very small, director Arpaporn Winikolchai traveled to Chiang Mai to try out a new set of online training videos with her old friend, Lakela, who's a small farmer way out in the country. Arpaporn, tell us a little bit about your visit. Well, I've known Lakela for more than 10 years. Recently, I learned that she has become a full-time farmer in her home village. This location is far from the city of Chiang Mai, about two hours and a half by car. This is the place that she grow her avocados and other fruits. She raises pigs as well. You've included some pictures of the pigs in your blog post this week, and they're lovely oh, yes. black pigs. They look like very nice pigs. Yeah. <laughs> very cute. <laughs> so this is, a very, this is a very rural area. Yes. And yet it does have internet connectivity, at least via cell phone. Oh, yes. She uses Facebook page every day, and I encourage her to promote her avocado on her Facebook page. I talked to her and I showed her the video of the project and she loved it, especially the episode about guiding her to take a good photos of a product. I certainly uh, sympathize with Lakela, not knowing quite how to take a picture of an avocado, but I gather that some of your training is basics of marketing. Yes. You actually spoke to Lakela and you made a recording of your conversation. I have it here. And I, I wonder if you can explain the conversation to us. The coach in the video explained about how to promote a product. And in the video, um, she said something about a volcano durian in Sisuke province. The durian is, is that very spiky fruit with the really unique aroma, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> is there a difference between a volcano durian and ordinary durian? In Sisuke province, they have a um, volcano where, you know, nowhere in Thailand has. So they used volcano with their durian to make it volcano durian. It's a marketing concept. Yes, yes, yeah. So I asked um, Lakela and her friend, you sell avocados. How would you promote your avocado? And then she came up with the Ping River. The Ping River. Yes, her land is located nearby the beginning of the Bing River. So she used that with her avocados. <laughs> it, it sounds um, it sounds like a pretty fun workshop. Yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so Arpa Porn. So here you are with Lakela and her friend talking about another video from the project. So in that video, we have how to promote your product, what you have, but other they don't have. Only you have it. And then using that information to tell, to make a good storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah, storytelling is an important part of marketing. Most Thai entrepreneurs, they don't explain, they don't give 
their story about the product, how they grow this thing, how they produce handicraft. This is something that entrepreneurs could put in the story of their product. And so this brings us to the avocados of the Ping River, grown at the source where it emerges from the ground. Yes, yeah. It just makes them sound delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Arpa Porn Winitkulchai, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. And I'm really looking forward to someday having one of those Ping River avocados. Yes, please. And volcano durian. That sounds very interesting. And that's our show for International Women's Day. Some remarkable women working to make the world a better place. You can hear more stories like these from the world of international development, all of them fascinating, by visiting us at In Asia. That's all one word. And subscribing to the In Asia podcast. Until next time, I'm Tracy Yang. And I'm John Rieger. Thanks for listening.